Hello and welcome to Podcasting is Praxis. I'm David, I'm here tonight with Rob. Hello. Alistair. Hey. James. Hello. And Jamie. Alright. You don't know this, but it's just taken about fucking 15 minutes to start this episode, so if I sound <laughs> exasperated, that's why. Um, <laughs> it's episode 100, so we thought we'd start off on the right foot and just you know prep David coming in so he's ready. Yeah, listener, if you've got any opinions about the film In Time starring Justin Timberlake, please send them what to at <laughs> Sanitary Nap Time. Oh, fucking hell. Aye, aye. Just at me. Fuck. Right. Okay, we do have another year in review to, yeah. to have a look through. But before we do that, some news. So, the Tories today put out a bunch of policies that they're going to do, all of which are bad if you like Tory policies and want to vote for them. So they've broken three separate manifesto promises in like two hours, which is fucking great. And every one of them is dog shit stuff too. So the first one is national insurance will rise by 1.25% from next year. Who fucking Ray? Love it. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Love to increase the most regressive tax we have apart from that. Uh, yeah, I would say this one is probably more regressive than that, <gasps> potentially. Hot take, but that is just a, a blanket-ass tax. Um, everyone gets hit the same way, but with national insurance, after you're earning 50k, you do get another rise, but it's a... Sorry, you don't get another rise, you, you actually pay like 10% less on everything after 50k. I like, yeah. I like this I love this fucking backward ass country where we've yes. got what is supposed to be progressive taxation and we've somehow managed to go hmm progressive, progressive. taxation with the exception of no it is this progressive it's just like in the same way that like a list is sorted but sometimes you sort it Z to A that's, that's all this is it's just progressively descending um, the new rates from next year will be 13 and a quarter percent on all earnings up to 50k and then any earnings after 50k will be from 2% to 3 and a quarter percent which is you know really cool great at least if it was that like I say it would be fucking just blanket across the board but nah just do just do it as income tax at this point just rate, like abolish it and raise income tax yes national insurance because insurance haha yeah good good fucking joke there um is is bullshit as a concept um it should so just for be the part disgusting of foreigners among us what the fuck does national insurance pay for the nhs or bins actually i'm going to explain a little bit of this cuz this adds context and there may well be people in britain who don't know this um the reason it's called national insurance is they were trying to sell the idea of having state benefits and a state pension to people, including proud people who'd never had to do without and all that kind of stuff. And so they, they pitched them this idea that it's insurance. You pay into it for your working life, and then when it comes time to collect your pension, that they're now making available a state pension, you will have paid into it. So you're not getting something for nothing, right? That's what they had to do to introduce like state pension and all the rest of it. It's not really about the NHS, though it's related to it. It's the same, it's broadly the idea of, hey, it's okay to have benefits because actually you're paying for them. And so by paying your national insurance... Imagine 
how much fucking better off the country would be if instead of doing this to pander to idiots who didn't want something for nothing, they'd just herded them all into a field and shot them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one other fun aspect of national insurance is um, that your benefits are um, weighted against whether or not you have made enough national insurance contributions. Oh, because of course, because yes. you can't get benefits unless you're paid well, you into can, this. Uh, but you get like the absolute pittance fucking rate. Oh, fuck um, off. Yeah. Oh, fuck off. Basically, national insurance is, in a roundabout way, a means to enforce an enduring status hierarchy, even in benefit claims. Cool. Yes, yes that is very cool. Um, so that's that's that, and it's now worse. So that's great. Um, funny, though, because the Tories did mention in the manifesto, VAT, income tax, and national insurance specifically would not get any rises. And obviously yeah, but the these, these things like confuse me because like the manifesto stuff, right? Because yes. is this like the ministerial code where everybody says, "Oh, you can't do that; that's illegal," and then it's everybody not, no, does it, and nobody gives do a that. shit. It's it, it, it's not so much that this is it's more of a the closest thing you could really equate it to. It's more of the break of a social contract that's been made. The party yeah, has so said like, they will do this, and they've basically broken a promise to the people who they tried to get a vote out of. Like I don't, I, I don't know if this is different in Switzerland and you know in the Netherlands. So apologies, but manifestos as we understand them here is that basically what a political party advertises they will do. They promise the electorate we will do X if you elect us, and that's what a manifesto is meant to be. It's the thing you stand on. And so then breaking the manifesto is not like in law or anything. No, it's not bound at it's, all. Yeah, it's just that they've told the electorate, well, we promised these things, but go fuck yourself. Uh, all right. Yeah, and don't, and don't worry, they're still uh, still working on doing the pogroms against uh, travellers in Roma. Oh, so, yeah, 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 that stuff's still so totally that, on That stuff, yeah. oh, oh, what a relief there. Well, so, yeah, the things are still going to still gonna win another landslide in, like, 2024. <laughs> yes, Probably. they fucking are, and I'll come on to why in just a bit. Um, the is, second... it because, is it because Keith is shit? Yes, that is, <laughs> yes, largely that is exactly why. Um... The pension triple lock is also fucked now. So the pension triple lock is the promise that pensions will always rise by the highest of 2.5% inflation or um, growth in average earnings. But because of the furlough scheme, dropping a significant amount of earnings and then people coming back into work, average earnings this year have, are now up 8%. And <laughs> obviously they, they just went, no, we're not going to do that. So you can have 2.5% instead. So they've they've broken a second policy with their core fucking voter demographic there, which is quite funny because they don't yeah, really have I mean, any national insurance contributions to make. They're only doing for one year, right? So, like, they'll have plenty well, of time to, like, buy well, them, see, buy them no back for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, see. But it's it, like, they have to buy pensioners back at the end of the day. This is the Tory party. So, well, you know, yeah, like, but, it's... Rob, it's you Rob, you've got to remember that they've got the, the fucking oldies on such a fucking lock compared to, like, yeah. any other party. Also, um, what are also, they going to do? Vote like, for the communist Keir Starmer? Don't be damned. Yeah, like, <laughs> also, to be perfectly honest, the, the real reason they're doing all this shit is because the Labour start Party is controlled opposition at this point. Yeah. Like, it's because the Labour Party is so shit and are unable to provide opposition that they're like, ah, oh, we're going to win anyway, so we might as well take the hit and not win by as much in exchange for doing things we really want to do. So let's fuck over the pensioners for the sake of our budget line. 
um, let's increase national insurance rates to screw the poorers over, like this kind of shit. Yeah. Like, they just kind of look at it and went, okay, as things currently trend, we're probably going to beat Kiostama by 20 points, so let's <laughs> beat him by 10 points and do a bunch of shit we want to do. James, are you trying to tell me that the Tories have noticed that the Labour have been behind them for 150 polls in a row? No, I'll go further than that. I don't think the Tories have noticed. I think the Tories have probably engineered, not directly, but like, to be perfectly honest, the Tories all have the press barons and all the rest of it in their pocket. And I am quite sympathetic to the conspiracy theory that Keir Starmer is being blackmailed by them. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not oh, there yet, but I, I, get, I get where it's coming from. Yep. Like, I'll ask you a question I've asked before, and that David has asked before, which is, did Keir Starmer kill a cyclist while drunk? <laughs> <laughs> we can only speculate. What would be the material difference? Like, how would you spot the difference is the question. It, it, it's a distinction without a difference at this point, personally, whether they're controlled opposition or completely inept. And I think the controlled opposition certainly explains more <clears throat> about the surrounding shit. Yeah, that's yeah, all right. So, on to the third policy. The dementia tax is back. Woo! Hey! Never Finally. really left, baby. Yeah. So, this was the promise in the manifesto that no one needing care should be forced to sell their own home to pay for it. But they've put out a new social care plan. It does not include this commitment at all. Uh, the new plans include an £86,000 cap on lifetime care costs. So is that like, do I have to pay out 86k first and then the government comes in? Or is it like a regressive yes. scale of some variety? No, that, that, that's largely it. So you, you need to fork up so much cash for your own care, but after Fuck a certain point, me. they will 86? not do anything. Well, I read in the in the in the Spectator that apparently eighteen to twenty fours have like sixty five k of wealth each. Oh, on average. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that fucking so, thing. Yeah, okay. Don't know where the fuck they're getting the those numbers is, from, but all right. Thing is that like that fucking uh, dementia tax thing that was twenty nineteen. Yes. Do you know what I mean? That was an age when you could conceivably go into social care and then come back out and need a house. Do you know what actually? Whereas, <laughs> Now, if you go into social care, you're just going to get COVID and die. So This is true. This it's, is true. it's not really a problem. It wasn't even 2019. That was 2017. That was one of the things that really fucked over Theresa May because she had this really weird fucking refusal what to back down. Time and then back down. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> it's a tattoo on your arm, Jamie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Yeah. It's how you get around the bus. <laughs> yeah. So because there's no guarantee on the homes aspect of this, um, if you can't fork out the 86k, you may be forced to sell your own home, uh, which is, you know, cool, good, great. And again, that's exactly the demographic that the Tories rely on for their fucking vote share. So very cool, very interesting. Um, acting I with mean, full on because I'll, they can. I, I tuned the fuck out there. I was just thinking, if you paid for a packet of cigarettes with the time tattoo on your arm, does the time come off twice? <laughs> <laughs> or does it like count down faster as you're dragging on the tabs do you know what I mean like, I love referencing stuff that's not in the episode I know it's great isn't it <laughs> I live for this shit yeah yeah we know yeah yeah it's um, been a hundred episodes Jamie we, we've met yeah we're well fucking aware <laughs> Um, so yeah, the the reason that they can do all this shit, like James was saying, is they can effectively act with impunity because there is no meaningful opposition that will actually be selected by the electorate. Um, embodied purely in the response from Labour on this, which is Keir Starmer saying, the Conservatives are no longer the party of low tax. Oh, 
Okay. That, that, that was it. Also pointedly refused to answer any questions about whether or not he would be supporting or opposing it. So... So they're going to support it then? Yeah. <laughs> Remember, we might we might get a classic abstention. Let's wait and see. Yeah. Oh yeah, abstention. We love it, we love it, those. So, it's been, it's, it's really, been a while since we've had one of them. Yeah. It's it's great because it's just um you know when when they whip for an abstention, it's just the, the list of people who break the whip are either the worst people you've ever known because they're voting in favour or mm-hmm. the few remaining good MPs in the Labour Party because they all vote fucking against. Doesn't I love compute. abstentions. I love abstentions is cowards voting, basically. Yes. And that just is fantastic. It's wonderful. It's excellent to have abstentions in a democracy. Um, For Just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, though, like I said, it's it's a hundred episodes. At fifty, we did a little review of the the previous year. So I thought maybe why not do that shit again? So we're going to look over the last year. <laughs> That's a real sort of positive thing you're pitching there. Why not do that shit again, you fucking listeners? It was shit. It is shit. This podcast remains shit and will continue to be. And you fucking love it, listener. Yeah, that's the podcasting as praxis promise. Exactly. <laughs> so. Premium la- manure. Yes, exactly. Let's exactly. all roll around in the mud together. Yeah. <laughs> so. The... It's essentially the the audio equivalent of when you buy like a bag of dirt from a mining company and you have to pick through it to find gold. <laughs> Is that a thing? That's a thing. Yeah, it's what? basically real real world loot boxes. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> you buy you buy a tub of dirt from a mining company and they promise it'll have at least like three grams of like gold in it or some shit. I I love to I love to hear Jamie in an extremely tortured metaphor pan the podcast. I, I'm just really picturing the idea now of like a giant cube of dirt, but packed in one of those little uh, foil wrappers that you used to get like trading uh, cards and that kind of stuff in. What, like, like a fucking massive OXO cube? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Buy, fuck. Buying a, a fucking tub of dirt, for, a cube of dirt from the beef mine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dissolving let's, it on Jamie's gravesite. Oh, let's let's fucking let's fucking go on this, please, please. I fucking beg you. So, going from the uselessness of Keith, I thought the first um, the first category that we should talk about should be the worst label dickhead. Ah, yes. So, honourable mentions first. Is it all of them? It's not, if, no. can, have they, can they just form some kind of dickhead Voltron and make things easy for us? <laughs> yes, it's called the PLP. <laughs> I'm afraid not. Um, so honourable mentions first, because we, we've had a, we've basically drawn up a short list here. So honourable mentions go to Keith himself, Dave Racism, of course, Owen Jones, Chris Bryant, the McShitter, and Angela Raynor. So thanks for playing, but. Not quite enough. No, try harder. No prizes for you. Yeah, you've been outclassed. Yeah. Someone else gets to be the helmet in the Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of fucking helmets to choose from. So let's go through the list here. We have Jess Phillips. Yes, of course. a strong first contender. Yes, I, I don't even, even really want else. to talk about her because we're, I'm still reeling from the book. Is this award like just shaped like a potato smiley face? <laughs> <laughs> by, which, by, by shaped like I mean is. 
<laughs> the potato smiley face for worst Labour dickhead. New t-shirt design? <laughs> oh. Jess Phillips for truly another ex- astonishing year of self-aggrandizing, authentocratic bullshit. She's from Birmingham, don't you know? Uh, launching a terrible, oh, that's terrible where she's book. From. Yeah, she's from Birmingham. Someone should have brought this up earlier. Yeah, yeah if, got- you're in, if you're in Birmingham and you need a corpse disposed of, just <laughs> ring her and tell, tell her to get send a husband round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, being genuinely and generally a fucking nightmare throughout the year, um, being given a minor cabinet position, shadow cabinet position under Keith, and then constantly being run out of brief, constantly being talked up by every single media dickhead as another authentic voice from working class from the noise from the north that we really from have the to noise. From, the, <laughs> from the north. I'm not, sure. we, I'm not sure she's from Australia, but let's let's imagine, carry on. Imagine the civil war. How much better it would have been if it was like the south versus the noise. <laughs> would have been better and generally speaking I'm, i mean we've made this pot uh, this point on the double episode we did with sinan about this but if we're not very careful jess phillips and everything like her is the future of the labor party they're all going to be like this yeah but who gives a shit at this point like about the future of the labor party that's true me, but it'll be insufferable me, I, do. I do but only in one very specific direction <laughs> just so long as it's destroyed before the end of all humanity yes. i'm going to be very happy no, I David doesn't remember, care about I the can't end. remember what our uh, what a shadow cabinet position was, so I'm just going to assume it was like shadow minister for yelling at delivery drivers. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, though: David doesn't want the, like you know to spin out the length of the Labour Party's decline. He just wants to live one second longer than its death. Yes, that's what David wants. Yeah, that that is basically it. Yeah, yeah. Just end on a high note. <laughs> yeah. Oh, get- should we talk about the next person? Yeah, well, speaking of speaking of um, death, uh, Luke the Nuke Acost. Yes. Luke Nuke, oh boy. What a Is this the guy, guy who had a screaming match with children? Yes, yes, yes he very much did. Um, he's been going did off his fucking Did they ask him how he, sh- how he got his shirt so clean or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's been going off his nut at um, Young Label for oh, having the yeah, temerity right, yeah. to um, yeah, okay. be vaguely left wing. Yeah, I think his his general point was that, like, essentially, the children should serve to exit to uh, serve the party or something, and that yes. if they, you know, children should be seen, not heard. I think was the general point he was trying to yeah, make. But I, yeah, but I, I, I fucking I don't want to talk about this prick. He looks like a walnut made of ham. <laughs> so, fuck him. Do you know what I mean? We'll give him the walnut made of ham award, and he can fuck off. <laughs> Luke's not never seen a moderately democratic institution that he doesn't want to just completely eviscerate, right? Oh, actually, we should when give him his full title, by the way, which is um, failed council candidate Luke the new oh, yes. Um because he's done that a few times now. He is fucking hopeless. It took the Labour right all of their concerted effort and power to get him in as their only fucking pick on the NEC. Um, but what a pick. In, no, in a proportional representation system. It took that much effort to just get one fucking guy <laughs> on. It was him. So, yeah. Um, classics of his obviously include the um, desire to use nuclear weapons as first strike and um, deterrent and for, type is he, things. Is he, the guy, is he the guy that said we should use nukes for a rescue mission in Sierra Leone? Yes. Yes, <laughs> he fucking is. <laughs> I didn't realise that was Luke. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, uh, what? what but how would you use a duke on a rescue mission? Is it like, what if we set the duke off over there? I don't fucking know. You're the one that reads all the Tom Clancy novels. You tell me. <laughs> what you do is you you take the meta magic feat that allows you to exclude allies from the blast radius of your fireball. <laughs> it's pretty much the same logic. <laughs> uh, so yeah, maybe you um, wanted to launch some space vehicle into orbit using what is it, what are they called like Orion. Oh yeah, yeah or Project Orion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah. That's that's cool shit and, and good use of nuclear technology. More of that, <laughs> please. Picture now. Black Hawk down and like NASA just wheeling a fucking like enormous rocket into like <laughs> into the conflict zone to like pick up the soldiers. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Next up, Lisa Nandy. Yeah, mm, Lisa Nandy has had some powerful fucking takes recently. Yeah, but since Afghanistan, it's been a wild ride of takes. I think oh, the last yes. thing I saw was yesterday's announcement that she said, well, Afghanistan was a mistake, but if we have uh, limited interventions um, with clear goals, then it's fine. And then she cited Sierra Leone and Kosovo. And last time I checked, those were two stable democracies. Well, I mean, I mean Sierra Leone, the mistake we made in Sierra Le- Leone was not rescuing people with nukes. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> I mean, my, it's, my it's... favorite, my favorite Lisa Nandy fact is that like interview she gave where she was like, "Oh yeah, my dad was a socialist and he thinks I'm a prick." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and he uh, was fucking right. Yeah, I was gonna say how many, how many other um, like failed children of ardent socialists slash left wingers do we have on this list today? Because I think Nandy's up there. Uh, in, t- in that regard. Well, you've got to have Hillary one. Ben, surely. Oh, but, I mean, the no, king of- Hillary Ben hasn't done much that I know of. Like, without no, Jeremy Corbyn to been get in the dick, way of, but, like, he's yeah, not really mm-hmm. been that much of a... Wasn't wasn't one of uh, Tony Ben's other kids, like, coming the cunt, or... Possibly. Oh, I'm sure yeah. that entire, uh, yeah, that no, entire family's right. cursed um, after Tony. There's another kid of Tony Ben who took up his um, aristocratic title again this year. Oh, yeah. Ah, yes. Uh, and he took also took a seat in the House of Lords on the basis of that. And I can't remember his name. I just remember he looked like a... a Lord Ben, I'm going to guess. <laughs> yeah, Lord... Yeah. <laughs> Coming back to Lisa Nandy, like, the, the, the Afghanistan take is particularly galling after that, um, that article that was in... The, uh, was it The New Yorker? Yeah, the thing that I posted today, yeah. Uh, yeah it's really I mean, good. It's, yeah. It's, uh... It's, it's just, it just lays bare how completely hopeless we were going into Afghanistan, uh, you know, arm in arm with the Americans and just trampling over literally anyone who didn't live in the right bits of it, basically. So, pretty fucking disgusting and uh, definitely puts her up a little bit in my estimation with regards to this award specifically. Yeah. Mm. The uh, the article is called The Other Afghan Women by Anand Gopal. It's in The New Yorker. It's incredibly good and I thoroughly recommend that listeners read it if they have time. Okay. Anyway, and... back to the game. <laughs> if you, if you, if you need to find out if you have time or not, look at the uh, glowing tattoo on your left hand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, final nominee, Rosie Duffield. Yeah. Oh, fuck's sake. I mean, she's certainly be... Prob- I would argue that she's the most profligate of these candidates because she just, day in and out, she is at it. Like, I feel like... The she's rest the of them, crafter, yeah. 
Yeah, she really puts puts her puts her back into it, you know. Just, it's because she's got posters brain as well. Like yes. she, yes. Posts. yes. I mean, like Luke, Luke is pretty a pretty poster brained guy. Yeah, on but he's this, also not on this list. He's just a dickhead. Like he he yeah. has time. Like for Jess Phillips, is effortless. Jess Phillips rolls out of bed in the morning after getting like wind up by her husband because she's spending too long on her phone answering emails, as we've established in her book. And it's just she naturally slips into it. Whereas Rosie Duffield has to take a good fucking run up and work at it every day. She's a workman like shithead on the Labour Party, basically. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Like, I'm just trying to picture like Jess Phillips' husband like whining. You know what I mean? Oh, you're looking at that fucking phone again. Like you know what I mean? I, I put my back out moving corpses for like all your voters. <laughs> Had to lay three patios this week. Where's me thanks? You say that, but I can fully envision the uh, a constituent wants help. Yes, deal. Meme like coming out of that fucking yeah. relationship. <laughs> I fully believe that's exactly the dynamic that goes on there. But no, Rosie Duffield is yeah. She's she's like really putting effort in. Every day I wake up and open Palm Slam, I tweet onto the website. It's transphobic as hell. And I do the moves right alongside the main character. <laughs> yeah, it's, I yeah. Do. It's J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Rosie Duffield is the J.K. Rowling of David Miliband. <laughs> oh, excellent. Um, yeah. yeah, so like <laughs> yeah. on that note, so she's under investigation now. Um, functionally, this but, means nothing will change. Uh, no, I mean, what the fuck does that or... mean? Oh, she's under investigation. What have they called Poirot? <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> oh, no, the <laughs> coming around in a minute to look at a Twitter timeline. That'll fucking fettle her. <laughs> no, they got Inspector Clouseau over. That's it. That's what they got. Uh, so yeah, um, that's that's ongoing at the moment. Um, she's had trade unions going off at her, but she's been making new friends because she's also had um, a couple of articles in support of her in both the Spectator and Spiked, which is you know great friends you cool, want to have. Very good. Yes, friends is a Labour MP that you should have, of course. Mm. Uh, so that's Rosie Duffield, and that's the four. Nominees, who are we voting for? Rosie Duffield. I feel mm. like I feel like Luke is a strong contender because he yeah. looks the way I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right, okay. So uh, I'm I'm torn between Luke, right. I'm going to rule out Lisa Nandy because like she's a prick, but there's more interesting pricks basically, right? And so you've been left with Jess Phillips. Um, Luke Vanuke and Rosie Duffield. And I think it's between Luke Vanuke and Rosie Duffield for me. It right? probably is. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's, it's got to be Duffield because Luke Vanuke doesn't fucking matter and has never mattered. That's part mm. of what makes him more of a worse Labour dickhead, though. Yeah. I mean, are we are we talking... To, when we say worse, do we mean worse in the sense of makes me feel the worst or does is actually going to be the... Is, is like, the worst. Is the worst. Mm. I'm going to put See, mine down for, me, for Rosie Duffield. For me, it's uh, I. I'm going to put it down for uh, Luke, and um, simply because I think a lot of the shit that we've seen in the last year, like all the bullshit yeah. from the Labour Party, comes from this totally non-elected, never seen, opaque bunch of bullshit. Um, that comes from people like Luke the Nuke, who matter a lot to the party, but who fucking in there like dear ticks, and we can't even remove when we vote for something. Yeah. 
Like this, this is the thing. Like Rosie Duffield, she's awful, and yes, she's making trans everything horrible day by day, and really just going for it. But Luke Vanuke is like he's possibly worse for making labour worse, if that makes sense. And I think that's what swings yeah, it for me. What does what does that matter? Like the labour party's like fucking shit. You know what I mean? It's just gonna, it's it's gonna crash into a fucking ravine on fire any day now. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, this is the thing. Luke is um, Luke is a danger to <coughs> himself and the others around him in the labour party, effectively, because he's as far as I'm concerned, Luke the Newt is probably one of the best accelerationist factors that I can rely on for yeah, the destruction no of the Labour Party. So, so Davis flipped from uh, worst Labour dickhead in Luke, Luke the Newt to best Labour dickhead. Oh, no, no. If we were going to go down that route, then it's a joint ticket between Jess Phillips and Mick Shitter for me. You know this. But <laughs> that's true. when it comes to worst Labour dickhead, it's got to be Duffield purely because she's an actual active danger to people who... Yeah, you know what? You've persuaded yeah. me it's Duffield. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She can actually do damage, whereas the rest of them can just like be perpetually fucking useless. Yeah, right. like, she does damage, the rest of them are just dangers. Yes, yes, let's go All with right. that. That's, All right, that's so a good congratulations, consensus. Rosie Duffield, do not come down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, for the next award, uh, none of the nominees had to have a Labour membership, although it probably would have helped their chances. It's the worst lib. Mm, that's true. I- so, <laughs> nominees here are Every single Guardian columnist. Just all in a big well, pile. As a, as a Voltron. Yes, <laughs> yes, as a Voltron, yes. Like, like you specifically told me we weren't allowed to do on the last ca- the category. <laughs> You're right, we and... weren't allowed to do that on the last category because that would have been very fucking simple. Man, your system is bullshit. <laughs> Anarchy reigns, Jamie. Get used to it. <laughs> I mean, the, the the thing about Guardian columnists, the, the ones who are ostensibly good have either left or been sacked. So yeah. who, who, are the, who are the good ones? There's that little monkey that I see on Twitter all the time. He looks, <laughs> he looks sharp, sharp dressed as fuck. I like that little natty motherfucker. And I think that's it, isn't it? Um, well, it's, you know, the, the good no. die young. There's none. There's no well, good ones left. Yeah, specifically. I mean, well, they're, they're usually they're actually sacked the, or writing uh, Tom is Watson the illegal, first. Is the illegal sex octopus sex, sex octopus still writing for them? Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, with regards to um, like good Guardian col- or former Guardian Guardian columnists, the, the first one of the first people that comes to mind is uh, Dawn Foster, who like rest in peace. But yeah, she was far too fucking good for that. Yeah. Well, she, right, she not was, just wrestling. Yeah, that's, that, <laughs> like, yeah, that's why they fired her. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, literally, like real, like rest in power. Frankly, like yeah, she, yeah. she put her money where her mouth was. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and what's left is people who will never, ever, ever give up their paycheck to do the right thing. Yeah. yeah. So at best, you've got well-meaning libs. Um, that's that's like honestly the best that you can hope for out of any guardian. Is- does, is, is that a thing? Like a well-meaning I, lib? Does that I, I think I think we're reaching a point where we can no longer say that really exists in what's good faith his, in the Guardian. What's his face? Who's the guy that does a lot of the fucking climate writing for them? Uh, George Monbiot is still yeah, good. Monbiot, he's still yeah, there. Well, yeah he, he's um, a well-meaning lib. I don't know. I think, I think I'm better from spending a lot of time around various green parties of the globe. So. <laughs> and there's um, uh, Aditya Chakraborty, who's also really good and fucking solid. Yeah, party. actually, okay, no, you know what? I'll give, I'll give you that All one right. unqualified. That's well, right, it. We're, well, not, we're not here to talk about good people, are we? No, we're not. No, no, we we're not. Not. It's, just, Absolutely it's, just, it's easier to list the good ones, is the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because the other ones, it's... 
I don't know, pick one. It's John Harris, Jonathan Friedland, Marina Hyde, oh. Polly Toynbee, oh. Zoe Williams. <laughs> Owen Jones, fuck Owen Jones, mm. Simon Jenkins also. Uh, what's this fucking... I mean, like, to give the tiny weeniest bit of credit to Owen Jones, he's the least worst of all of those people you probably just listened to. Andrew is fucking yeah. still there. Will Hutton is still there. Fuck me. Yeah. Um, I, I, to speak against Owen Jones, Owen Jones no longer gets the benefit of the doubt. Not after this week. No. Uh, he's, he's just been up to some absolute dangerous shit. And a friend of the pod, Elijah, it's really funny, actually. If you want to go on Twitter and click on Owen Jones's tweet where he is mysteriously talking about Jewish issues, quoting his Jewish friends in Labour, but not by name. In those tweets, you'll have him responding to all sorts of people who disagree with him. But whenever a Jewish person comes in to disagree with him, and whenever a friend of a pod in particular, Elijah, comes in to disagree with him, it's fucking tumbleweeds. Yep. He's an absolute danger and very disingenuous. So, no. Yep. Well, I mean, let's, let's not make this the uh, Owen Jones yay or nay episode, I think. Um... No, but I mean, he's still yeah. a Guardian columnist, so he, he so is, uh, he is lumped into the Voltron. Yeah, yeah, no, yes. he definitely goes into the Voltron. I will actually just say, really, if you want an idea of why is the Guardian every Guardian columnist here, um, see every fucking comment or commentariat we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Because not only are the commentariat bits bad, but the comments that they evoke are just as bad, if not fucking worse. So yes, they do meaningful, ongoing brain damage to people. Yes, yes. Um, next up, Extinction Rebellion. <laughs> Another banner year for the defenders of the world's climate. Fucking Listen, hell. Listen, sorry, I, I have actually, one surprise to learn, I've recently joined Extinction Rebellion, and I think that's really unfair. Have you bought um, a second home? But that's, I mean, that's, that's none of your business. That's pure coincidence. And also, <laughs> frankly, right... Um, it's many of our members are landlords and police and calling them libs is just really unfair. And um, I think you need to, to really uh, create space and take a moment and really consider how you're using your privilege um, to further, you know, the, the, the very worst parts of our society. And you're not really helping engage with the fight against climate. Now, if you excuse me, I have to go stand in front of this train. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. So Extinction Rebellion are fucking yeah, useless. Just absolutely fucking pointless yeah either run by cops or filled with so many cops that that's functionally they no did, difference um yeah. they did one good thing when they like fucking like sellotape themselves to the roads outside the printing presses or whatever oh, yeah. they did yeah. That yeah. Thing. yeah that and was then, that was like, one everyone good immediately came it. down on them like a ton of fucking bricks including you know I mean? uh, a failed series of people from within extinction rebellion yes yeah, and they vowed never to do anything good ever again. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you throw you throw darts at a dartboard blindfolded, eventually you'll hit a bullseye. Yeah. Yeah, what they should do, do, actually, is go back to just making more people late for work by blocking um, electric public transport. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds perfect. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that'll make a really great difference. Uh, while, they're, while, they're up, while they're up on the roof of the electric trains, they should lick those overhead wires. <laughs> I hear they taste like ice cream. My favorite thing about XR is that they are like completely disavow themselves of any kind of politics, which is yeah. a baby-brained maneuver of like are, the are they best all, variety. Are they all fucking gamers? You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't like politics in my climate crisis. <laughs> honest to God, they genuinely would probably be more effective if they were gamers, and that's that is not an that's not praise of gamers. That's an indictment of how bad XR are. Like they, they genuinely formed XR landlords, attempted to get that off the ground. XR police as well, and like you know, they they they, they honestly think that 
this is a matter of solutions to problems. And the I mean, solutions and problems cannot be political. They didn't have to walk far to form XR Police, did they? That's technically a no. rebrand. and like to be clear we said on a previous episode obviously not every single xr branch globally is complete dog shit but they are all shackled to yeah like real ops but the the, the xr voltron is is garbage awful awful lot of voltrons on today's episode i'll say Yeah, the head of the XR Voltron is just a massive fucking wheelie bin that's on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget the big power sword that it wields for its political uses beyond politics. You know, it's not a Voltron. What it is, what it is, is, you know, all the XR members, you know, get up with their rings and they go, fire, water, wind, earth, heart, by your powers combined, I am the state. (laughs) <laughs> just a cop comes out the end <laughs> oh, yes. officer planet is here basically oh, God. That's a cop XR. comes out the end is a description of Tony Ben like masturbating as well <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus okay um, next up for worst lib Joe Biden yes yeah. The man who we all said would do exactly what he is doing now, which is keeping children in cages, but they're no longer cages there, enhanced interrogation facilities or something. It's, you know, spending more <laughs> money on cops despite years of Black Lives Matter and a lot of that movement they're throwing not, their they're spot not behind cages him. Anymore. They're not cages anymore. Bring your children to America so they can experience the fun cube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it. You know, Joe Biden's uh, Democrats, it's not cages when we do it, yeah. basically. Mm. Yeah. They're not facilities. There's yeah. an argument I genuinely had with some fucking prick online. Oh, it's, <laughs> yeah, they're it's, not un- throwing- it's unhelpful to say kids are in cages under the Biden administration. I, sorry, I wasn't trying to be helpful, do you know what I mean? <laughs> to that like, senile old rapist, he can go fuck himself, quite frankly. If anything, yeah, I was trying to be the opposite of helpful. But thanks for, yeah, it's, thanks it's for like- the pointers. It's like, you know, you, you, they kind of look at you and go, listen, they're not putting kids in cages and forcing them to sleep on the floor, right? They're in structured facilities for processing their application for visa, um, during which case they are equipped with um, high heat retention blankets for pedding. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, is this kind of shit? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's good that Joe Biden's coming after XR, because with XR, we've got a group that refuses to acknowledge the existence of political power. And with Joe Biden, we've got someone who acknowledges that political power exists, but just refuses to wield it to do anything good whatsoever. I mean, like essentially overseeing and by dint of being like having control of is it is it is Congress and the Senate is it and they've got yes. at the moment yeah they've like, got a lot all three branches of government refusing to do anything to do stuff like uh, stopping the eviction ban that expired recently uh, the essential overturning of Roe versus Wade a great yeah, system where what, what Joe Biden needs <laughs> what we need to see from Joe Biden if he wants to prove that he's serious about taking America into the like challenges of the next decade and beyond is. He needs to bomb Texas and stop committing sex crimes. <laughs> That'd be a solid it's- start. Although, you know, very mildly in his favour, he did pull out of Afghanistan against everybody wailing that he should stay forever, including Lee <laughs> and Andy. So, uh, you know, yeah, there is that. At the same right, time, no, hang on. if you pardon the, the expression on this one, he basically sleepwalked, sleepwalked into that. Like... 
Yeah. yeah. No, what, what happened with that one is politically it would have been untenable for him to do it just on his own. But fortunately, Trump came in and Trump negotiated the withdrawal that actually the serious policymakers in the United States and the serious imperialists wanted. They were like, listen, we don't want to stay here. Can we just get some deal that fulfills our goals? And they're like, well, we can't do that because it undermines the entire rhetoric of how we went in. Do you know, do you know what Trump, thought? Um, Trump happily, well, hang on. Trump happily did that. And so Biden's like, well, I've got to stick with what what the previous president agreed. Might not might not like yeah, it, but that's it is, true. you know, it's a, and it's that's his excuse to do what he wants to do anyway. Sorry, Jamie. I was just going to say, like, the American foreign policy is like, you know what I mean? Like all all the sort of like, oh yeah, the the foreign policy guys, you know what I mean? And like cutting around and fucking with the with the lanyards and that in Washington. They're basically their actions are just the actions of like a spaniel that got into the medicine cabinet. Do you know what I mean? They'll be back in Af- they'll be back in Afghanistan within a couple of years at most. Do you know? It's just like they're fucking. They're, oh, we need to get out of Afghanistan. Let's engineer that, and then like, oh no, fuck, we we like need to go back in because all the people I'm who make so sure tanks are all the people who make tanks are sad now. I think they'll I think they'll invade somewhere else. Yeah. Like no, a Afghanistan price. has Afghanistan sitting on the world's largest deposit of like fucking lithium or some shit, isn't it? Uh, but no, it's not. That's made up. Um, it's like significant lithium deposits detected. Okay, do you have like an estimated tonnage or anything? Stop Lots. asking questions. Okay, you know? but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, it's made up. But do you know what I mean? Like, why is it made up? So they've got an excuse to go back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's just they're making noise about it now. But I think never happened before where we've made up a reason to invade a country. That's never happened. I, I honest, I think they'll do it to somewhere else, right? They'll do it to Cuba or Venezuela or like it's just they'll pick another country for the military industrial complex. I think they're done in Afghanistan for now because they got everything they want. I wonder if they're desperate enough for Iran. I think honestly, they, I think that era is over. I don't yeah, think they're which, such a which, fucking con- which as well. country on earth has the children that smell the nicest? That's the one he'll want to get into. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, moving on. Emmanuel Macron, the golden yeah. god Jupiter himself. Still around I, I, after all these yeah, years. Yeah, I've not genuinely not heard anything about this prick for what feels like 17 years, so. Well, I mean, because. It's because, you know how when you've got a roaring waterfall, eventually it becomes like background noise? It's that. Yeah, so it's an election year in France, so that means, and he's pretty much up against uh, Marine Le Pen and the National Front or the National Revolution or whatever they're called now. Um, and that means uh, he's I'm going to guess being... it's probably the, the Le Front National or something like that, is it? No, they, uh, it's, they've changed their name. Uh, anyway, no, I think it's uh, so he's... Petit on March, I believe is the term. <laughs> um, but yeah, so now they had a debate a while ago with one of his ministers on the telly um, where at some point even the Front National had to correct him and say, no, we do actually have freedom of religion in this country because the, oh, was he, was uh, Macron doing the party racism? was going so hard against... Uh, 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 Islam in in the country. Um, I think a couple of days ago, in response to the fall of um, the Western presence in Afghanistan, he said, "We must protect ourselves from a wave of immigrants," which I'm sure is you know that's what you want to hear. Um, this in- yeah, I mentioned it just now, but the in- Islamophobia is fucking wildly out of control. He withdrew support from his own party's candidate, a woman called uh, Zara Zamahi, after she wore a hijab on an election poster saying that the hijab is not part of France and therefore this woman will also not be a, a member of my party. I mean, I wouldn't be... Like, I've been to France and it's shit. I hate to break that to him, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It, it's the last just, parts it's of France of, are pretty It's full of dreadful. rude people and giant bees. 
<laughs> I will I will go on record and say that the good parts of France, the best parts of France, much like the best parts of the UK, are the pa- the parts that hate France and hate all that shit. Much like the good parts of the UK are the part the you know the parts that hate the UK. My favorite my favorite part of France parts. Yes. My favorite part of France was the ferry terminal, but only on my second visit. <laughs> yeah, that's real. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I can't bore you with country. my opinions about France, but um, but yeah, it, and it, also it, France uh, is shit. Yeah, it's pretty good. Apart from the plating styles, mm, plating styles are pretty cl- are pretty classic and could mainly do with some updating. But there's a, like a nice sort of bistro revolution coming out of Paris these days. <laughs> yeah, what's what's the optimum plating style for racism? En <laughs> <On> français. <laughs> It, um, it really is great because, like, Macron really does just embody, like, is just the apotheosis of, of all the, like, of the worst neoliberal, like, agendas throughout Europe. Yes. It's just it's great. Like, honest to God, as time goes on, Macron proves me and David's kind of slow-boiling thesis that libs are the counterweight to fascists, that they are two, part of the sa- two parts of the same political continuum. Mm-hmm. Because as time goes on, Macron is more and more fascist, mm-hmm. to the point that actual fascists are getting whiplash and like, watching it. <laughs> yeah, but if he didn't yeah. do the fascism, then the fascists might get in, and then they would do yeah, fascism, exactly, right? you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, and that's kind of why he also, why he's also on this, because still, like, hordes full of insane and stupid liberals, but I repeat myself, are still, um, you know, completely in favor of him and think that he and the, the style of his politics represent the, the solution to anything. It's just fucking appalling. And that's why he's on the list for yep. worst liberal. Yep. And that list is finished. So who I should we pick I can't even remember between? who was on before fucking Macron. It feels like we spent an age talking about that. Hopefully. Prick. I am just going to tell you. All right, cool. So on that list we have Every single Guardian columnist. Oh, Extinction right, yeah. Rebellion, Joe Aye. Biden, and Macron. Whoops does your pick? Joe Biden. Mm. I feel like I feel like I am gravitating to Macron because he is, like I say, just mm. the embodiment of everything that I hate about liberalism. And as you said, David, just or and James saying like this part of this same continuum of fascism. Yeah, but have you considered death to America? <laughs> Like I think I'm going to go out. Damn. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out on a limb and surprise no one and say that I think XR are the weakest entry on here because they're the fucking gullible rubes that the other three prey on for yeah. the most part. Yeah, yeah. they're, 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 they're so the key like, of this list. <laughs> kind of a little bit, yeah. Like um, the Guardian columnists do the manufacturing of consent that expires the XR bullshit. And meanwhile, Joe Biden and Emmanuel Macron are the people who are actually wielding power and doing the terrible shit. So by this logic, I think XR goes off and then The Guardian goes off, which leaves us between Joe Biden and Macron. And it's tough. Mm. Um, If we're going by who... I'm going to give it to Macron um, on the basis of that. He is genuinely fucking terrifyingly right-wing and turning even more so... um, and Joe Biden, while being a demented sex addict who sniffs hair, did pull out of <laughs> Afghanistan. Uh, and I, I feel you don't have got to give it to him. You but, do not, indeed. Uh, yeah, not. Um, I am gonna, I'm gonna give it to Macron. See, I'm, I'm leaning Macron because I think Macron might be structurally more dangerous. Because, like, here's the thing: Biden 
for all that he's awful, is not doing the fash thing in quite the same way. And Macron is and is spreading it around Europe pretty badly. So I think it's going to be Macron. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay then, so the winner of that award is Emmanuel Macron. (laughs) <laughs> if it's any if it's any consolation, Jamie, we don't know that Macron hasn't done sex crimes. If it makes I- you feel any better, the loser here is definitely us. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So, with the will slip decided, we can widen the ideological scope very, very slightly and ask who should win the worst MP. Oh. Oh. There's so many of them. Like there are so honourable mentions sheesh. in this category go to Michael Gove, Jacob Rees-Mogg, Liz Truss, and Robert Jenrick. Yeah, none of whom made it on the list, which is really no, special. N- no, none of them. None of them were quite as shit enough to go onto the list. Um, first nominee then is Pretty Patel. Oh, I mean, strong out the gate. Strong, yeah. yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. Speaking of fascists, the, the next—I mean, the next Tory PM, you know—that's her. I don't know about that. I'm pretty I don't know sure about that. I reckon. I reckon she has the next Tory PM. I wonder if her voting base is too racist. No, I, I think her voting think base she can is do racist. Enough, yeah, she can do enough racism to count in any racism that may come her way. Um, and also, like, there's not that many like. I mean, there, there's a lot of English racists, but there's not that many, like, BMP ones who, like, want to march in the street with flags. They all want to be racist, but they want to say, I'm not racist, I voted for Priti Patel. And that's why she'll get in. Yeah, she, yeah she's one of the good ones, and she's my friend. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, actually, you might, you might so, be right um, here. Specific no, I reasons. Think, I think, I, I think you, you're only giving the British public, specifically, like, Tory voters, too much credit. I think they are all that racist. They pretend they're not. They wouldn't march down the street like with a burning cross or anything. But they get absolutely mad at you if you suggested that like maybe it's like fucking do you know what I mean? Maybe it's time to stop like referring to the Chinese takeaway with that word. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Like, I, I'm genuinely torn on this one. I'm kinda my instinct side with you, Jamie. Um I guess it really depends on who is the conservative voter these days, which is a difficult question. I think the Tory voting coalition, like, at least includes a significant portion of absolute headbangers who would, like, fucking, like, kill their neighbour for, for like, thinning <laughs> like thinning the gene pool of the white race or whatever. Oh, yeah, definitely. But at the same time, they would be very fucking happy to vote for the pro-gunboats candidate. Yes. Like, regardless, uh, dep- she could easily be Prime Minister if she promised that she would personally gun down every single boat in the channel. Well, I mean, she did that a psychotic bit in what was it, Politico, when they were all asked, what is, like, in this year of COVID, what did you enjoy? And they all said, like, you know, uh, the walking the dog or, you know, sniffing coke, you know, the, the normal <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and then she said, I enjoy going out on raids, dawn raids with the police and showing the criminals that there's no way to hide. You know, yeah, like that, man. Yeah. 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 I mean, she fucking wishes, yeah. I mean, she she dresses up in all black. She makes sure that people go to jail regardless of any sort of real due process or anything. So, uh, Migration yeah. centres in islands far off the coast outside the legal jurisdiction of the United Kingdom and its courts. Yeah, yeah. I must, I must have missed that Batman film. Well, it's basically Arkham whole- Asylum, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
like she also yeah if you remember that incident in glasgow where a community came together to basically say no don't ex- you know don't take these people away and deport them and the police were forced to release release them to the extent even nicola sturgeon was kind of forced to go on tv and basically go yeah we, we shouldn't do these but it's not our you know we don't have a right it's up to pretty patel patel's response to all of this shit tells you everything you need to know about her as a person mm. um with regard to Glasgow and the removal of people that had no legal right to be in the UK, I've already said my remarks today. We will continue to do that. That is effectively what the British public voted for. They want, and it's actually part of my legal duty as well as and responsibilities in terms of not just immigration enforcement, but removing those with no legal right to be here. And like she continued on, um, the incident alone, though, um, will very much strengthen the new plan for immigration the work that we are doing to reinforce the legal powers that we have as a government, but also making sure that we provide legal protections of safety so that people are fleeing persecution and removing those with no legal basis to stay here. And if that all sounds a bit disjointed, it's because what she's actually thinking is, fuck you, mm-hmm. how dare you, basically. But she's trying to parse it in real time into something that's vaguely, like, not even sympathetic sounding, but it's vaguely palatable in a process kind of way. Yes. Yeah, um, I have to do that. It's the law. Yeah. Like, she is a golem that exists to basically fuck over people like her ancestors. Mm-hmm. So we moved on from Voltrons to golems. Well, we're just... I mean, this, is just a, this is a mythological monster episode, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> okay, so I think that's probably enough said on Pretty Patel. Um, the next one yeah. is a joint award. The reason it's a joint award is because it's more to do with the handling of the Office of Health Secretary. So this one is a joint award for Matt Hancock and Sajid Javid. Well done to mm. the both of them. Really, you know, from shipping the elderly into care homes without any testing, being responsible for over 130,000 excess deaths, uh, for doing deals with your literal pub landlord to supply, I think, vaccines or or test tubes or whatever the fuck it was. Um, The nightmare of track and trace, which still doesn't work and costs more than several UK aircraft carriers from the incomprehensible tiers to different levels to lockdowns and none of which was communicated correctly, all of which was communicated with, we're not taking this seriously, thus leading to more extra deaths. Just every single last fucking thing that filled fucking hundreds of graveyards throughout the United Kingdom. Well, I, I mean, mean on really that note, stunning job. On that note, well done on the speed run. It took Ian Duncan Smith almost a decade to, to kill, kill that, that many, many people. Yeah. And they achieved it in a Fuck fucking me. deal. Yeah, Fuck next, next, me, Jesus. next story hit. cabinet's going to just be in the millions. They're going to hit the seven digits. <sighs> fuckles. Peter Fuckles. That, that's, that's rough. I don't think you need to say anything more. Please no, move on. No. Okay, next one. Um, <laughs> next one's not a Tory. <laughs> the next one is Clive Lewis. Yes. And the oh, reason Clive Lewis better. is on this is because... <laughs> refresher, Cl- refresher of the cleansing of the power of Clive Lewis there. A nice, ah, nice cold diarrhea. Clive Lewis bakes this list for worst MP because he's such a fucking rube that does not understand the concept of being an MP in a parliamentary party system. Or power. Or anything, or, or, really. or power, or, or anything along those lines at all. Yeah. So I, I'm uh, not sure. Was... I'm not sure what he's supposed to have done, but I feel like it's probably not going to match 130,000 dead. Well, they can't all have 130,000 fucking dead. Yeah. Well, not yet. Not yet. 
Not no. yet, yeah. But the reason for me that Clive is on here is because of the whole progressive alliance bullshit, which is yeah. terrible and stupid, as we've discussed on a previous episode. Um, and really, he's here because at least a fraction, if not a significant fraction, of the sort of softy lefty people that are not the revolutionary vanguard, but that we like would like to have behind us will be following Clive down this fucking rabbit hole of the progressive alliance, thereby sapping much needed energy out of a movement that needs to grow and quickly. So yes. that's why he's on the list. Yes, he is um, a, a, a full on danger to the concept of any sort of electoral progress that can be made. Yeah, exactly. Final entry here is Therese Coffey. Yes. Now you're going to have to explain this one to me. Today's coffee is the is the current Ian Duncan Smith. Yeah, she she's the head the of the DWP. Head of the DWP. Yep. Um, so she has provi- uh, presided over the within the last year at least the now con- confirmation of the cut of the extra twenty quid on universal credit. Uh, costing people on universal credit a grand a fucking year when they're already on an absolute fucking pittance. And also the resumption of work capability assessments. While the pandemic was still ongoing, well before it could be expected that everyone had a chance to be fully vaccinated. So very fucking cool. Well done there. Yeah. And also in a conversation, um, this was about the free school meals. Uh, She was snarky at Marcus Rashford, who said... You know, parents are without hot water and like you should think about that before you cut people's food or their 20 quid or whatever it was. To which she replied, yeah, but water can't be disconnected. You know, cold water, maybe. So it's like the reason for me she's on this list is because she's one of these people who's not all day, every day in the headlines doing the big stuff. But she is in there all the time being... Like a psychopath and a monster. The banality of evil. Yes, thank you. The banality of evil. She is here because she's the poster woman for the banality of evil. Mm, Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mm, That's that's what got her on the list. Um, And like we said, the the, the honourable mentions, none of them have really done anything that fucking outright obvious. Well, Robert Jenrick was, but he didn't do shit bad enough. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's your four options there. So is it um, Pretty well, Patel it's, it's and the health the... secretaries, obviously, isn't it? If we're going purely by body count, but yeah. like, I find, pre- <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I think that Pretty Patels. Are, I feel are like looming. to measure it by any other metric would seem flippant. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. uh, we don't want to accuse this podcast of ever being flippant. Mm. <laughs> I, I think it's between um, the health secretaries and Pretty Patel. Yeah, and, I think I think that's pretty pretty yeah. much where I am. And it's it's about not just deaths but also human misery is a large part of this. Yes, because um, Pretty Patel is responsible for a significant amount of human misery, but doesn't even get counted like the deaths from COVID do. Mm. And it's so, not it's not just what she's actively like literally doing right now, but it's like the tra- trajectory that she is on. Well, is... then she can win it next year. <laughs> <laughs> There's always next year, pretty. You'll get it next time. <laughs> I say as I'm led to the <laughs> detention centre. Yeah. I mean, we should say these awards are for events occurring uh, essentially for, from now to a year ago. So start of September 2020. So it is hard not to give it to the health secretaries. 
Oh yeah, Philly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Honorable, honorable runner-up, Pretty Patel in that case. Fucking hell. Yeah. Mm. I think Jamie's persuaded me. I think less. Less. She's probably going to be it next year. Yeah. Whatever way things are going. Junior, so... junior Brown Shirt Award to Pretty Patel and Matt Hancock <laughs> and Shadi Javid joint joint first. Yeah. They get the Mengels Award. Yes. Fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Was that too dark? That was pretty on point. Oh. Okay. Well. If that's the worst MPs decide, where would they be without a media class which would unflinchingly and relentlessly support them? Are, so we, about, all, are we about to give an award to Dan Hodges? Uh, no. <laughs> Other category. <laughs> this is the worst journalist. Hey. What a category. I mean, we've got we've got the real cream of the crop, I think, for, uh, for this hell. one. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Um, so first up, last year's runner-up, Robert Peston. Wait, 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 wait. Honourable mentions, David. Oh, sorry, honourable mentions. Okay, so yeah, honourable mentions it. for this is we've got Helen Piss, we have Brendan O'Neill, and Pippa Creer. Yes. Terrible. All three of them just fucking yeah, just- shit, but not as bad as our four leading contenders. Mm. <laughs> Brendan O'Neill might be difficult to call a journalist because indeed he is more of a columnist, but I just and want Pippa's to give him- a- He just needs She's some sort of recognition. He's more of a fucking column. <laughs> 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 nice. Oh. Nice. Extremely good. Oh. Okay. Um, so yeah, first up, we have last year's runner-up, Robert Peston. Oh, oh I'm going to try not to <laughs> scream. I just, oh, a man. I stand by it. I was right last year, mm. and I was voted down. <laughs> I, I feel the spirit of Elijah is, like, clawing at the door of the podcast. I'm just going to get it out of the way and go, Roberto Pesto. I'm just like, you know, a go, Elijah, that's for just, you. I mean, I, 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 a moron, a cretin of just a postulous interloper in the halls of journalism. I mean, what's left to say? But I mean, my principal objection to the man is his constant, constant, oh, it's me, Robert Peston. I'm just asking questions, governor. I've just been- He's constantly, he's constantly on his first day at work, it feels like. He's constantly just perpetual fucking new guy. Just taking yeah. every single credulous WhatsApp text message, nude picture he gets from the fucking Tory press machine and just vomits it out, just laps it up like a fucking starving dog in the street. I, I truly, feel like, like I, you could you could replace him with some kind of like animated gecko and nothing would fundamentally change. <laughs> you could you could replace him with one of those fucking the cow says moo type devices and you would get just as just as hard hitting journalism. Yeah. It's, well, speaking of his hard-hitting journalism, he wrote a book this year with a very oh, thin... Oh, was, it a, was it a sex book? I always no, love I, when people related to politics write a sex book. It's I think there was sex the in it, but I can't remember. Yeah, of course um, there was. Of course there, there was. It was a I thriller. Bet it was, I bet it was painful fit. to fucking read as well. A very thinly veiled Robert Peston, where he's a good journalist. Um, <laughs> and speaking of... Do we have do we have a category for like most disturbing celebrity novel sex scene? No, we don't. <laughs> we should, we we should. be reading out the fucking Giles Corrin, but no, it's not happening. <laughs> I, I, I didn't mention Giles Corrin, but now no, that you bring him up, <laughs> can anyone hear rattling? <laughs> 
I mean, and in a very specific case, this is a thing he did for some fucking podcast with Joe Lysett, where he tried to explain the oh, economy by way of the rising cost of a packet of Freddos. And I hate it. And I hate it so much. I hate him so much. Just like this I mean, that's, childlike that's, simpleton. It's pretty easy. I could do that. Like, you know what I mean? The economy's shit, and therefore Freddos keep getting more expensive. Yeah, there you go. It's but not he complicated just stuff. Economy's fucking... made, the economy's made up, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's yes. just like, it's like the fucking, it's the adult version of like the, the, the bogeyman or something, do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, we can't, we can't pay for like hospitals or the economy will get you. <laughs> Fuck off. Do you know what I mean? It's the, the state of his fucking... Been stalled, there'll be no milk today. It's the state of his fucking actual interviews as well. Like, he, he throws yeah. the most softball questions it's fucking unreal in fact if if he was ever to be a pitcher for anyone it would be for the Make-A-Wish Foundation (laughs) 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 oh no yeah just an appalling appalling man I I hate this man just beyond words He's the worst. Has he, he, really has he ever, he has he ever made a noise like a lizard while talking to the leader of the opposition? No. <laughs> <laughs> His one redeeming feature there. Well done. You found it. Oh. Okay. Next up, we have... <laughs> we have Paul Mason. <laughs> of the planet Arrakis. I was just going to say, he's like, you know what I mean, eagerly awaiting fucking like the, the British release of June, isn't he? Or, or to, give it its, to give it its full theatrical title, Dunk. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Paul Mason has just been consistent in his failure to realise that Jeremy Corbyn is no longer in charge of the Labour Party. I mean, the man's and also a fucking his realisation that, that um, Keir Starmer will never hire him. That will, just won't happen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just completely fucking unaware of anything. I think the um, only difference the him. only difference between like Paul Mason and one of those like Wazics you see from like you know that's like, oh he's famous on YouTube and he's like he's branched into politics. You know like, what was that prick fucking like uh, coffin the other day? Where he was <laughs> oh, like yeah. oh like fucking leftism is inherently like monarchist or some shit. <laughs> the only difference between him and Paul Mason is I presume Paul Mason's dad knew someone that could give him a job. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just fucking hopeless. Paul Mason would probably be happier on YouTube now that I think about it. Like, do you know yes. what I mean? I mean, he's got some fucking mm. bangers, banger videos on YouTube. I'll <laughs> say that much. I, I would urge you well, to look up the, um, just look up his website. He's got a YouTube video embedded there in which the first thing he asks you to do is pause it. <laughs> what if the Nazis had a time machine? And it just, it just gets dumber from there. <laughs> what if Justin Timberlake? <laughs> Well, fuck off. I'll be honest, I mean, he's, he's got to find something to do, because he he certainly doesn't have a future as an erotica writer if you read his books. Oh, no. Jesus, that came out in the last year as well, didn't it? Does I anyone does yeah. anyone's dick rattle around in a tin bath? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he talks about jutting up toward her chrysanthemum, which ought to be all you need to know. Oh, that's, can that's you guess got me up the runway. <laughs> can you can you uh, <laughs> can you guess the ethnicity of the people involved by any chance? Absolutely, fully yes. Jesus, <sighs> Paul Mason's sex book brackets Chinese. Um, okay, so next up we have Sebastian Payne, the briefcase yes. wanker. That's, no, 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 it's Seb briefcase wanker Payne. Yeah, mm, yeah. The PlayStation 2 version of Michael Gove. 
previously, previously writing for The Telegraph and The Spectator and quite frankly never really left those two institutions while formally employed by The Financial Times. Um, among his crimes this year, when when sort of fantasizing about the next uh, election campaign, were, were um, his crimes this year looking like Pob's illegitimate child? <laughs> <laughs> wow! Um, said in his in his sort of fantasy um, elections, it would be PM George Osborne going to the country against Labour leader <laughs> Jess Phillips. How? How is such a sick individual still employed for this long? Fucking hell. Fan- a fantasy election. You could have it. literally any anyone in all of like time and history. You could have Gandalf and you pick George fucking Osborne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For my fantasy election. Imagine imagine Seb Payne's Lord of the Rings. What a fucking riot that would be. <laughs> right. I, I, take, I take it from that matchup that he's a fucking Lib Dem though because they <laughs> that's the kind of thing that fucking Lib Dem would say because they don't want their they never have their guy as the like leader of the opposition or the like incumbent PM well I think I think if like there was a teleporter accident involving George Osborne and Jess Phillips you would get Swinson <laughs> wrote, also wrote in January like a truly appalling piece called Britain after Brexit behind Boris Johnson Boris Johnson's green conversion. Oh, was this was this another one of these like fantasy things? No, he took the idea oh. that Boris Johnson actually That's wanted to do something about the climate seriously. I mean, just... I, lo- I love those fucking things like a hun- like the first hundred days of Jeremy Corbyn's Reich. Yeah, oh, no, the, good, the yeah. FT doesn't quite do those, unfortunately. But like, just, just. I well, mean, then it's a shit paper, and you shouldn't read it. Com- <laughs> completely ser- face level, completely captured by the machine. And also, there was this, which was fucking ridiculous. Um, when he said, "I've learned the same lessons as this in 2020." I absolutely want to go back to my stressed, cramped, overly expensive life. I want underwhelming sandwiches that cost five quid ninety nine, and I want flat pints that cost the same. I want to be on the tube at rush hour, crushed between sweaty men on my way to a <laughs> on. on my way to a pub full of the worst people on earth. I want to say things like, "Yes, I'd love a drink. I could do Wednesday after next or Tuesday after that." So, I, is, have we been calling him calling him the wrong thing this whole time? Is he sub pain? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Just, you know, fucking terrible, terrible, tiny Tory briefcase boy. Um, and my personal reason for putting him on this list is that I think the FT is a wildly good paper overall and completely let down by this guy and adult Tintin uh, Pickard, Jim Pickard, who was also a prick. But he oh, blocked he us on Twitter. He didn't read out the, the, the key part of that quote there, which was... Um, this year has not changed me one bit. I have not grown or evolved coming from a guy who perpetually looks like a 16-year-old in a suit. So yeah. that's great. I want All to right. get back exactly... I want to get back to exactly what I had before I was doing before Corona started. This is what I've learned from 2020. You do, you want to take, do you want to take that again? Because like you, you had a stroke in the middle of reading that. Yes, it was right. very much as anyone ever wanted to use, go want to do look more like... <laughs> <laughs> right this year this year I smell toast and my left arm is too um, <laughs> this year has not changed me Let's one bit on. I have not grown I have not evolved I want to get back to exactly what I was doing before it started this is what I learned from 2020 just fuck oh, you yeah fuck well, you 130,000 I mean, deaths and you just want to go I'd, back and I don't know lick the 
come off the side where walk outside of prep. What the fuck? Let's get the fuck out of here. I mean, technically, no one's evolved. That's not how evolution works, is it? <laughs> that is true. That is that Unless is really true. Unless you're a Pokemon. Yes. Is he a Pokemon? Is he a is he a lazy Pokemon? He'd have to be Mr. Mime. Is there a Mrs. Mime? I, I literally the only the only Pokemon's I know is like Pikachu and Charizard. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! Right, and finally, then we He's have after the sausages. And finally, then we have Holly Toynbee. Ah, yes. My favourite also ran. A a favourite of comment or commentary. Um, I I don't have any specific thing. I've got a couple of articles here that I can just read out the the, the headlines to. Go on. With Biden elected, a no-deal Brexit would make Britain a pariah. It can't happen. Oops. Yeah. (laughs) Generation COVID has been hit hard. Thank goodness they're not resentful yet. So this this right here is her basically, you know, regression, reverting to normal, right? Now that the great reset of the 2019 election has been, been and gone, Jeremy Corbyn's out of the picture, we can start going back to things could be better, but it's a shame that they're not because this fucking woman was instrumental in part in strangling in the crib a movement that might have actually made things better for generation covid yeah but she doesn't want she doesn't want things to be better for generation covid if that is the real name do you know what i mean (laughs) she just wants people to think that she like wants better things for the world and isn't like a fucking like super sour hermit that lives in a shoe somewhere I don't know where I'm fucking going with this. Can we get a move on? Like, the, fucking the, the, the glowing tattoo on my left arm start to flash. <laughs> oh. All right, then. Okay. No, so, really, really, seriously, though, the heat is fucking killing me. Yeah, it's doing me in as well. So, Polly Toynbee, Seb Payne, Paul Mason, and Robert Peston. Who wins? It's, nice to, have, it's Pest- nice to have a category where, like, you know, the the shit's actually funny for once instead of, like, well, you know, at least you say what you like about Paul Mason. He hasn't killed over 100,000 fucking people <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> oh, boy. I think, um, I think I'd have to, I think I have to give this to, like, in my opinion, it's Robert Pester because he's just incipient. Fucking rube. No, I'm, I'm going to give it to, I'm gonna give it to Mason because he's just, he's the funniest of them, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, right? I'm, I'm with Jamie. I would give it to Paul Mason because he is the funniest. However, I feel like in the past year, Roberto Pesto found out he didn't get the award and he like, you know, most people would quit. Most people right, would, but would is, drop out of that Robert point. Is Robert Peston going to navigate a space freighter for you? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though, he has he has fucking doubled down in the past year. Like he was a close contender last time, and the past year he's just he's just continually kept at it and up the ante in a slowly, incrementally increasing march of doom and dumbness. Like I say, and, he's and, been working tirelessly to yeah, get specifically like, on my nerves. Like, it's, he almost is at the point where he deserves a Lifetime Achievement Award. I think I'm going to have to give it 
to Robert Pattinson. Yeah, in terms of man most likely to give me an aneurysm, he is no, probably see, the winner. I, I, I disagree. I think the spice must flow. <laughs> <laughs> and only only one yeah. candidate can guarantee that. <laughs> the no. Melange Award for Worst Journalist goes to. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. I'm gonna need to say Peston as well because, like I say, I was fucking robbed of that award to no, him last year. No, he wasn't last year, but he definitely is this yeah, year. Yeah, it's, it's a proud winner. Oh, and with David, before we close this category, can we just say a quick shout out and thank you to Mick uh, Wright, Broken Bottle Boy, who helped supply some of the ammunition for this category. So thanks, Mick. Yeah, I think Mick helped with the uh, following one as well. So he did. although all those journalists are played by brain spiders, there's another disease that our worst journalist shares with these people up for the award, and that is the worst blue tick. Mm. This is a big category, this. It's hard to pin them down. Mm. So, the worst blue tick, first one goes to... Honourable mentions. Again, honourable mentions, start again. So, honourable mentions for worst blue tick are Elon Musk, anyone with hashtag FBPE in their name still, and Paul Profs. Yep. A lot of overlap between those last two, I think. There is there is a lot of overlap, <laughs> but some Paul Profs are smart enough to leave that out, but dumb enough to be Paul Profs. So, swings and roundabouts. Full representation, you know, we, we like to see it. We like intersectional awards on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Something that, ironically, Paul Profs would understand nothing about. <laughs> they should just know that we're doing them a favour <laughs> so the first uh, first nominee here is another joint nominee it is Dan Hodges Ian Dunn and Matt Chorley or as I've termed them here the fish hook theory victims <laughs> magnificent wild I mean, agrocentrism I, I, I'm struggling to think of anyone else you could name who like would beat them <laughs> Oh, it really is for the three amigos rides again with this one. <laughs> okay, so first up then, Charlie specifically ran the best PM that never was thing on his fucking radio show. And then Times lost Radio, his mind. we must be specific. Oh yeah, okay, Times Radio, yeah. And then lost his mind when Jeremy Corbyn won. He also did a wildly bootlicking interview with the current director of MI5 and just asked <laughs> Thank, essentially said thank you for keeping us safe from the terrorists and then last week did a wildly wildly off the mark and bootlicking um, uh, piece in the times about the next series of spitting images where he said oh, that unfunny man oh. fat, fat Morley was actually oh, really good fun good old Matt Foldy prick um, yeah so that was that was uh, Matt Chorley yeah, Dan Hodges um, on the other side Oh, yes, Dan Hodges. Um, a COVID public inquiry. That's the very last thing we need. <sighs> That's just the sound of my spirit leaving my corpse. <laughs> yeah. There was also all this stuff with, remember when there was that fucking, they, they kept saying there was a mole in Downing Street, like, leaking information, mm. and it was all around the time of, like, Cummings leaving. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he was um, convinced that there was a mole and he got in an argument with an actual journalist, um, Robert Smith. 
And he says, but there is a mole. You're not disputing that now. And then Robert Smith is simply asked, what is a mole? I'm a journalist. I talk to sources. If they tell me something that sounds interesting, I try to verify it. Like, very, very may, fucking straightforward. You may as well be speaking in fucking hieroglyphics to, to Dan Hodges. At that, you have to read the second in. bit of that wonderful Robert Smith library. It says, apologies, as I write about finance, where the commentary is a bit more reality-based, I'm a bit taken aback. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is that works on on several different levels. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, Dan Hodges remains one of the most fucking stupid Clueless people with a blue head. tick. Yeah. yeah. Um, and finally, to to finish off the triumvirate, um, Ian Dunt, host of um, that's not his size name. No, but I'll let you off this time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. The host of the show Romaniacs, which rebranded <laughs> itself. Romaniacs. Yes, which rebranded to Oh God, What Now? Also released uh, the book How to Be a Liberal, which was published in January uh, this year, praised by Caroline Lucas, James O'Brien, Anne Applebaum, uh, Nick Cohen, and David Schneider. From the first page, neither the people nor the elite exist. So I've got a little excerpt from this book here. Fuck me, this is actually painful. Wait, there is a system of thought which understands what is happening to us and offers the means to resist it. Its name is liberalism. (laughs) It is the single most it is the single most radical political program in the history of humankind. Oh god! (laughs) I'm gonna invite I'm gonna invite Ian Dunt to shove this entire book up his dick. This is not because of its conclusions or its tactics. It is certainly (laughs) not because of the political parties that bear its name. It is because of its unit of analysis. Liberalism (laughs) is the struggle for the freedom of the individual. When it is truly Uh, followed, it can never be the tool of uh, the powerful. It can never be used to oppress. It can only liberate. Remind... Uh, Remind me what the uh, like dominant ideology of uh, the entire slavery period was? Cultural Marxism. No. <laughs> <laughs> like I, just, I mean, does this guy not know why we call it fucking neoliberalism? Because <laughs> it's it's it's, it's just... new, more approved liberalism, less calories, more flavour. <laughs> <laughs> like again, listener, please, please. Find this man, chain him down, and force him to read Liberalism, A Counter-History by Domenico Lucerdo. Rest in power. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, just so... Yeah. Oh. So. Also, I like... I just I just want to say, it's the struggle for the freedom of the individual. No. No, no it's not. It's, no, it's, a, it's, not. About the, it's about property rights. It's literally it. That's all it, it is. Yeah, it's, it's freedom to have property apart from the collective of the people, basically. And the collective of people may be represented as a king, it may be represented as a state or whatever, but it's about having the freedom to have property that you can withhold, and by extension, the ability to oppress others. Yes, and also the freedom to take that property from people that, by reason of magic and trickery, yeah, right. are not really people, i.e. everybody in North America before 1492. Yeah, my t-shirt that says I'm free is raising a lot of questions already answered by my t-shirt, <laughs> because... Freedom does not exist as a political concept without slavery. 
right? Uh-huh. This is this is real basic shit. Like if one thing is categorically distinct from another by its relationship with the other, the two are contingent on each other. And the freedom obsession of liberalism only exists because liberalism is actually about forms of slavery and forms of ownership, fundamentally, right? That that's what this is about. And for more on this, again, read the fucking book. Don't listen to whatever the hell this is. I'm not. I'm not fucking surprised. <laughs> Caroline Lucas like this. We've been doing it for quite a while. Do you reckon? Do you reckon? Do you reckon the uh, the pre order for his book came with a pair of calipers? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, the reason though that they are there is for their posting, and their posting is fucking terrible. They will constantly get extremely hit up over the dumbest shit, and frequently bemoan the state of the world and be confused about why it is the way it is after doing all that they did to ensure yeah. that this also, is the way it is. And also, particularly with Dunn, uh, we'll put a fucking thousand tweet long tweet thread about get the most banal shit you never thought about. And it's just like, what? Shut the fuck up! Please! <laughs> God! If only. Next up. If only. Alistair Campbell. A small bean whom very sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a he, depression he's advocate a... now. Uh, he's been yeah, there for a, a while, a, but it's the, yeah. the shield for he's like... A, yeah, he's a, he's a precious little boy who's going through tough times right now and really needs... He needs our support and our understanding. And we can't be mean to him. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it must be really tough to go with that many fucking go to bed with that many ghosts haunting you at once. I was going to say, if we're talking about body counts. Yeah. 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 Like, it's just fucking useless, the usual shit. And like, any sort of fucking political take that he'll put out is just absolute dog shit. And honestly, he very much does fall in with the the hashtag for pilot still to this day and his post that he's not giving up on that shit every time like you comment on one of his threads negatively there's like a whole bunch of fuppies that come like out of the woodworks and you point out that he's a literal war criminal with fucking blood on his hands they're like (laughs) Iraq was so long ago why are you still complaining about that there's Brexit now don't you know (laughs) well I haven't seen a conviction from the Hague actually yeah there will be a conviction in the people's tribunal Mm. <laughs> Not that the justice won't be fair. Next up, perennial blue tick, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Come on, Joanna, I know you got it in you. You can do it. I do not think she will struggle in the voting. Nah. <laughs> no. No. I mean, unless unless you're about to, you're about to announce like fucking Satan himself as, a, <laughs> as an enemy. I think I've made my mind up. I do like the idea of Satan himself having a verified Twitter account. So J.K. Rowling, as per the queen of transphobes, fully fucking surrounded by them at all times. I wonder why that Hive might be. mind prime. Mm. The crowdsourcing of ideas for a book. Yeah, like, fuck, is all I have to say to this. Yeah. I just genuinely... Like, it must be know, nice to leverage are- like, such a large following to make your work easier. I I, th- I think it's disgraceful that she is like by doing that she is stealing ideas from Limp Biscuit because <laughs> I'm sure I remember a thing years ago when their guitarist left and they auditioned for a new guitarist and they like yes. traveled around America like listening to people play it, but you had to play an original composition and in the like small print you signed they then owned that composition. <laughs> Fuck. Yep. Oh, so it's like uh, fucking Dota and Blizzard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One for the nailed cell. I love it. 
She's actually, she's even more incompetently doing that because she's crowdsourcing ideas for books on Twitter, basically. I love that you say, I and, love that you uh, say one for the nerds there as if Limp Biscuit and fucking J.K. Rowland books are like the, the, the most chad of hobbies. <laughs> well, they are the most powerful cultural output of the 2000s. Damn, that one hurt. What year? What year did uh, did Justin Timberlake film In Time come out? Because <laughs> that's got to be a contender. Oh fuck's sake! There's also the um, obviously not so much the fucking Twitter output, but um, she's obviously had the fifth book in the Cormorant Strike series. The book, oh, series of books, by the way, that didn't sell for shit until her publisher yeah. leaked by accident that yes. it was her. Mm. What a tragic and accident. And you know what, I get, I get really annoyed by this because I had a conversation with someone who I care about very much. And we were talking about this and I said, yeah, no, she's she's a shit author. And you can tell from the fact that essentially she sold like garbage until they intentionally announced the fact that she was really um, whatever the fucking fake pen name is she uses. And her friend was like, oh, well, I thought they went to, I thought they sold okay and they went to great lengths and we were actually really upset when it was revealed. And it's like, well, they probably were there had to be, you know, like... She she did not sell well because she cannot write well. She just can't write well. I mean, that's, um, this, that's this is evidenced by the name of the fucking detective, I would imagine. <laughs> like, I'm Chicken McBird. I'm here to do fucking, like, investigations of your In crime. Law. Yeah. <laughs> a bird, I, I, honest to God, a book about bird law-related detective kind of work, that, that would that be better. That would be fucking I'd read the hell out of that. Um, yeah, but yeah, the, the fifth book called Trouble Blood is out this year, and it features a serial killer who lures his victim in by dressing like a woman and therefore not seeming uh, to be threatening. Uh, what, what? What a novel idea for a book! There what is a, she got that idea. Fuck off. <laughs> there is also a specific scene where the hero and his sidekick discuss and come to the conclusion that the best way the killer could have gotten in was by wearing a burqa because then the cameras couldn't pick up a face either. Uh. We're at that level. We're there. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, J.K. Rowling. I'm going to invite J.K. Rowling to shove this book up Ian Dunn's dickhole. <laughs> <laughs> so what I want to make clear here, whether or not she wins this category, this should be proof that J.K. Rowling has always been about ideology. Even the Harry Potter books, they are explicitly about pushing that ideology, and that's why she was made into a success, mm. right? Um, yeah, so the problem the problem with J.K. Rowling is she's got posters disease, but on in the real world. Like, you <laughs> yes. know what I mean? Like, on, and when Blair was in power, she got to go to, like, number 10 and be, like, lauded as this great fucking thing. Oh, look, cool Britannia. We've got shit books about wizards at a school. Do you know what I mean? Like fucking. Also, she gave her she gave a million quid to the Labour Party under Ed Miliband. She used to be somebody, and nowadays she doesn't get that kind of. You know what I mean? Like diminishing returns on like tweets about actually the wizards just used to shit themselves. Do you know what I mean? Let's not forget the fucking um, anti-Semitic fucking uh, banker goblins. Yeah, which is extremely like the the Harry Potter books. The Harry Potter books. I understand that they're like a beloved part of many people's childhoods, but they're fucking wank. Um, <laughs> written it's by an idiot. Thing. It's a good thing that the author dies the minute they finish writing something. Yeah, that is, that is my understanding though, like, of of like that that phrase. Yeah, yeah. Jed, um, <laughs> Riley of TF's Iron Law of once you start posting turf, you'll never post normal again. Continues to be. <laughs> True. Yes. I mean, yeah. she, she was circling the drain for a little bit and then just went in with both feet, right? She was just like, yeah, fucking love this shit. Like, 
all seven of the turf accounts that run botnets on Twitter to like you know what I mean, trying to appear <laughs> bigger than they are, like like red pandas of like fucking hate crime. They're just trying to look big, so they're running like, <laughs> oh, I've got seven thousand accounts and I've I've done like eight hundred tweets on each about the transphobia of the day. They all just tell her she's really cool and she's addicted to that. You know what I mean? Because mm. everyone else, everyone else told her. That sounds really stupid that the wizards used to shit themselves and then magic it away. <laughs> why why do, are you telling um, us I, this? This sounds like the ravings of an insane person. I do I do wonder I do wonder who pays for the turf botnets sometimes. It'd be really interesting to find that out someday. I don't know who pays for the botnets, but I imagine they live in a massive church in America. <laughs> yeah. But I know they might be closer a, to a home. lot of that is like we say, tangential to the um blue tick element specifically. On Twitter, though, she's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. And finally, Stella, please do not contact me again, Creasy. Has Stella Creasy ever tweeted about wizards shitting their pants? <laughs> uh, not yet, I don't think. But not you yet. shouldn't tweet that at her either, because then you get in the way of her contacting her constituents on Twitter, which is a thing that happens all if, the time. I'm going to put out a call. If you are a constituent of Stella Creasy... Ask her for her official fucking stance on wizards shitting their pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, as yeah, your constituent, you are entitled to ask this. Exactly. Are, yeah. But only if you are her constituent. Otherwise, she's far too busy name-searching. Now, if, you're not, if you're not a constituent, then just wear a fake moustache and pretend you are. Yeah. Or if you yeah, are still a creasy and by name-searching you found this podcast, answer Jamie's question. What the fuck? Hmm. I mean, yeah, the, the reason Stella Creasy is here as one of the worst blue ticks is because she is a blue tick on Because a she constantly fucking melts down about people talking to her on the, the yeah. platform design. Yeah, for, she, she, like, <laughs> people have, people have, comment, like, have contacted her in an unsolicited fashion on the platform designed to do that. <laughs> yes, um, people have actually talked about her and not to her and then been told not to contact her again. Yeah. <laughs> Just fucking useless. And obviously, um, the one of the other elements of her posting has been the the Taliban ISIS relationship oh, that she oh, would not shut the fuck up about. <laughs> no, look, David, they're best friends, and I know this because I read it in Spiked. <laughs> I, know, I know this because I saw Stella Creasy like octupling down on it. Yeah, Jesus, <laughs> she would not fucking let it go. People told her she oh, was wrong. Please she bless was like, me with no. the confidence of someone like Stella fucking Creasy. <laughs> I know, right? Sorry, Stella, please do not contact me again, Creasy. It got to the point where she was actively like pulling up articles that said the express opposite of her point and using that as evidence that actually she was right. Yeah, like, she was, she's not I even attempting hedging... to shuffle the goalpost. She's just went, no, actually, I'm right. It says in here. Yeah, she's she's like. Hoping that, like, you know, because a, a, a good solid rule of, like, internet arguments is that no one ever reads the fucking article. But yeah. if it's going to prove Stella Creasy <laughs> wrong, people will go out of their way to read the article. Exactly. Okay, so. Yeah, but it's is... JK Rowling by a fucking mile. Well. I don't know, it's worst posting, and it's the triumvirate of, of, of Dante. I, I mean, yeah, um, purely, I purely in terms of posting. It's, I, yeah. I think if J.K. Rowling had been run over in like 1998, then there'd be way less transphobia on like British Twitter today. Oh yeah, yeah. I, if J.K. Rowling had been run over in 1998, Scotland would probably be an independent country. Sorry, David. Doubt. Like you know, <laughs> so <laughs> she 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 made a huge intervention at the time. Um, uh, nah. Was it was it somehow wizard themed? 
Well, in, in the terms of she had a whole bunch of money that she was oh, hoarding no, that, it's, it's the like a dragon. Of Scott Paul. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're not doing this. Um, Alistair Campbell and Stella Creasy can fuck off, and they can fuck off out of this list, because I, I think it's it's got it's either the triumvirate or it's J.K. Rowling. I think it's J.K. Rowling. Yeah, it is. I think it's the triumvirate. I think, just by the pure technicality of this being for the last year, yeah. it's the triumvirate. Mm. purely oh, on that because otherwise if we're talking like lifetime achievement awards here then yeah jk rowling wins this one hands down but we're not we'll talk about the last year so i think it's i'm gonna be vote. honest I, I i think you're wrong and the reason you're wrong is it takes three of them to equal yeah and maybe potentially succeed exceed jk rowling if you yeah. broke them down individually jk rowling would but curb that, stomp but any they're one in the of same them. category you can't just change the rules like this <laughs> <laughs> i can do as i please I think it's like you know what I mean. You're not allowed to just lump the three of them together like the last Vikings or some shit. You know what I mean? It, it should be one person, one vote, sort of. It is one person, one vote. There's five of us, and we've got five votes. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will. Right. Here's the thing. I accept the argument that you lump them together as a part of the group, and the group is the fishhook theory victims, yes. right? That fishhook theory victims going head to head with J.K. Rowling. I think she beats them. And I think she beats them quite handily. I think it's close, but I think it's the triumvirate still. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, Bold strategy. Let's see if it pays my, off. You're not my pod dad. David's my pod dad. Well, the the um, split here is down to you, Alistair. <sighs> yeah, who do you love more? Uh, who do I love more? <laughs> uh, if, I, if I don't vote for J.K. Rowling, Jamie's going to make my life hell when we're streaming. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't need Ian Dunt. We've got Ian Dunt's at home. <laughs> oh, purely out of fear for Jamie's wrath, I'm going to have to vote for J.K. Rowling. All right then. The system right, then. works. <laughs> From J.K. Rowling, let's cover the most normal island event of the last year. It's <laughs> been. Ban a fucking gear for a, for this blessed this scepter dial, hasn't it? Trebles all just... round to the normal club. <laughs> so what year? What year were the clown shoes of respect? <laughs> I that think we were twenty nineteen. Yeah, it was. I'm pretty Shit. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's devastated. Yeah, I fucking love that little guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first up, five entries in this category. We uh, have... can, can I can I just do a quick honourable mention because I think yes. we talked about it the other day on the stream was uh, a bit, and the reason it's an honourable mention is because it didn't happen in the last year is the fucking poppy um, crystal maze statue oh, thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where they put a statue in a big per uh, right. perspex box and they fucking blue poppies around it <laughs> yeah. Oh, I want to give, give an honourable mention and this is definitely from the last year that makeup artist who painted herself to look like Captain Tom <laughs> well, that actually that, that will feature so first up then we have the death of and reaction to the death of Captain Tom yeah are yeah. all of these uh, going to be the death of and reaction to the death honestly, of no, no no only two of them are <laughs> The thing, the thing that I love about this, the whole Captain Tom saga, was that 
he did the he did the charity thing, which is like you know, the NHS shouldn't be a charity in the first place anyway. But that aside, just the total after he did that, the just total cash grab of every I single mean, fucking thing that came afterwards. Correct me he had if a I'm book, co- he had a fucking gin flavor, he had a fucking uh, an autobiography or a, a ghost written biography. I assume. Yeah, but I mean the dude the dude was like an actual ghost. One assumes at this time. <laughs> he was. <laughs> But he was like 110 years old, so people were just like ringing him and going like, "Oh, here, do you want like, do you want a book?" And he'd be like, uh, "Well, yes," because he's just happy to have like contact with someone. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> plenty of contact with his family. Plenty of contact with his family. Plenty of contact with loads of strangers when he was away on holiday. Um, plenty of contact with coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, loads of contact. He, he I want to say as well. Contact. Because you said the NHS shouldn't be a charity, but correct me if I'm wrong, the NHS isn't a charity. Like, so I think well, not his the money he raised was actually spent on like refilling the vendor machines or some shit. <laughs> yeah, it kind of was is the short version. Like, um, he raised funds for a charity that benefits ancillary services which are not covered by the NHS. What so like Quality. biscuits and stuff like that? Um, it was stuff for staff. Basically, I think if I recall correctly, and Biscuits, like your listeners, yeah. if I'm wrong on this, then you know feel free to write in to at cop respect to four twenty to explain. But I mean, yeah, fill your fucking boots up this week. So. <laughs> now is the perfect time to contact Jamie with your burning questions. Mm, yes. So yeah, Captain Tom and all yeah. the and the mawkish patriotism and the yeah. World War veterans and the fucking all the bullshit. The just ex- yes, the cake. Oh fucking the cake! I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just an emblematic of all the like, like you say, the mawkish like nationalism that spews out of everyone's fucking mouth as well as this. Can we have uh, Ricey and Gibble? They were they were in the last year, weren't they? We've got Ricey and Gibble no. <laughs> on the note of though Ricey and Gibble. We have welcome to Prince Philip's City Seventeen. Uh. <laughs> it's safer here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, will the entire country just, like, stop doing advertisements and instead just told you about the death of some guy? I wish that the Combine would descend from, like, some horrible portal in the sky and just wipe out most of humanity, because I feel like that would just relieve me from this hell that we're in. It would be better. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely be running towards them. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Breen would be a better fucking administrator than any of the fucking leaders we have at the moment. <laughs> at, least he, at least he could build an obelisk into the sky. <laughs> I mean, they talk about suppression fields that are preventing people from fucking there, but I'm pretty sure that's just called latent depression at the moment. So, <laughs> yeah. Mm. so yeah, that was an extremely normal, like, 24 hours. Um, top-tier posting, everyone. Well done. Yeah, look, look forward to the, the plans for the Queen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're going to turn off Shit Twitter is gonna for a pop day. Up. Yeah, they're just going <laughs> to shut down the fucking internet nationwide, I think. like Honestly, I wouldn't put it past them. No, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like. No, they've seen what it was like when Philip died. Like, There's no way they're going to let that happen again. Fucking hell. So, yeah, we've got that. We have... Oh, how about this? How about go fuck yourself? (laughs) (laughs) All together. (laughs) 
an extremely normal thing that actually happened this year. I am I am all in favour of British Jush. Like I am <laughs> happy happy to see us come. That absolutely sounds like like fascist Teletubbies. <laughs> I hate to bring it to you, Jamie. It kind of is fascist Teletubbies. Yeah, I mean, you're really... living on their island. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so... And yet again, it's ruled over by a fucking sun. Yay. Mm. Hey. I swear Get to God, I had this, this I had like the chorus stuck in my head for like two days. I swear to God, That's I, the point. I just, I know, I just it's awful. want to, I came so yeah, close to just enjoy, sticking enjoy that a knitting needle in my brain. Like I came within inches just to make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> Getting my money's worth out of that tonight, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, all right, so I don't think anything more needs to be said about that. That that, that was a thing. Um, Nando's running out of chicken. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a bunch of uh, a bunch of dudes in, like, the most ill-fitting shirt you've ever seen who are absolutely devastated by this. Yes. I mean, that, that, that's, like, more of one of the dumber fucking things we've got here. But, obviously, this is down to the complete inability to deal with a change in how fucking supply chains work. And no, it was mm-hmm. actually it was down to wimpy like Sem texting a bunch of chicken farms. <laughs> oh, that shit would fucking rule. If that if that was what the opening, uh... the opening salvo of the Great Chicken War of twenty twenty one. We knew we were fucked when Wimpy landed the first blow. <laughs> like oh, the end so... of V for Vendetta, just with like feathers <laughs> flying everywhere. <laughs> So this is only one element of it. There's obviously been a few other shortages at the moment. There's a shortage of water treatment chemicals. So, yeah, that, that'll not have any knock-on effects, I'm sure. Uh, there's There's been plenty of other little fucking shortages here and there. Let's see how that pans out as we go. And finally, pen farthing and the Afghan animals. Yeah, the animals of pen farthing wood. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> Uh, Pen Farthing, for those of you who don't know, was a former Royal Marine Commando, by which I mean we can... Not a real person, absolutely cannot be a real person. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it sounds like a fucking name of a character from, uh, what is it, Lemony Snicket? But, I mean, he presumably... Just, you know, sounds, it yeah, sounds like a detective in a novel by fucking J.K. Rowling, is what it sounds like. <laughs> the, weirdest, the weirdest thing about him, though, is he had one eye bigger than the other. Um, but yeah so he ran a animal charity specifically to help the sad soldiers get a pet so they wouldn't feel so bad about doing all the murders in Afghanistan and in the war on terror so that was really important and then as the capital was falling and as desperate people were trying to run from the Taliban and get to safety because they collaborated with us for decades this fucking dickhead demanded that he got a plane for himself and his animals specifically um, to get out while threatening the defense secretary that he would destroy him on social media if he didn't save the animals first. By the way, he did feel roughly fine about leaving his Afghan staff, vets, and no, other he people. Did who tw- he did look a tweet where animals. he said, "He did a tweet where he said like he would leave his staff behind over his dead body." And then when he got to the plane, they were like, "You can't bring them." And he went, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> and then I think I think uh, it's unconfirmed, but I, I heard reports that once he was once he landed in England they just like killed all the dogs with a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about this fucking story though is like what I mean what did what did he think was going to happen to the animals when uh, the Taliban got to them like I, I know that you know the Taliban don't don't have a great rap. 
But like it's it's not as though I mean they were like like service dogs have been like repurposed by the Taliban and like they're not like they're going to be like destroyed. Which um, they well, it's like so the Taliban have a weird relationship with dogs. I, again, right? It's it's religious stuff. It's basically, Ian Austin um, and the Taliban. <laughs> no, not like that. Um, right. This is genuinely. I'm not having a go. Muhammad, peace be upon him, was a cat person, and that actually matters. Like that's filtered down cultural culturally. So yeah, it can be a bit weird. I don't think they'd actually like correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they'd shoot them in the street or anything. We just you know, I don't think they'd be particularly encouraged as pets. Yeah, but I mean, whatever the case, anything and everything to do with the pen farthing account was extremely British, and also both sides were. He was a dickhead who put animal lives above human beings, and everybody who responded to him going was egged on by the press because they needed a distraction from the actual fall of Kabul, and that's what they got with this Mm. dickhead. So everybody in this story is a fucking loser. They couldn't have got a better fucking angle for distraction because if the rise of fascism in Britain in the last like 20 years um, is anything to go by, if you want to start off a fascist party, just start up a Facebook page about animals' rights. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yep. Easiest way to fucking do it. People will happily do that shit and fucking go in. Like, there was that person that was on, I can't remember, fucking, if it was Times Radio or some other bullshit like that. That was just outright. It was LBC. LBC. Oh, fucking would be LBC. It was just outright like, yes, no. I I would save the animals over the people, definitely, one hundred percent. And it's like, do you want to take any more time and consideration of this? No, no, no. I've made no. my mind up in a truly British fashion. Save the dogs. Fuck the people. Yes. Yes. Ian Austin. Jesus credit. He <laughs> 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 would at least. Bang, bang, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh. All right, so that is. That is the list for most normal island event. What do we think? What wins it? Read it back to me again. We it's... have Vinando's chicken shortage. We have Captain Tom. We have Prince Philip's City 17. We have Strong Britain, Great Nation, and Pen Farthing. I think. I feel like oh, it's. I, I feel like it's between Captain Tom. I'm and... gonna. I'm gonna say the Nando's thing just purely because, like that, it's entertaining for me to think about. <laughs> I think it's between Captain Tom and. Either City Seventeen or Penfolding. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's Captain I Tom. I think it's Captain Tom as I'm well. I'm sorry, I think it's Captain yeah, Tom. Yeah. I think I think Captain Captain Tom stands up. Right. Okay. Because my my vote here is is going to be Prince Philip. Oh. The reaction to I can see why it's in yeah. the top three. So <laughs> that's 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 a two way tie at the moment between Captain Tom and Prince Philip and Jamie. It's down to you to break this tie. Nando's. <laughs> Are we having to give our first joint nomination? If we don't break this tie, do we get sequestered? (laughs) (laughs) Because I could do with a holiday. (laughs) Ah, uh, red smoke is coming from the chimney. It seems that Praxis Cast has reached a decision. Uh, Let's say Prince Philip. Okay. 
There we go. There you have it. See, I was gonna suggest I was gonna suggest that you could just say it's the death of geriatric symbols of a nation figures, because that's basically what they both are. I mean, yeah, you could have, but that wouldn't have broken the tie, so Yeah. I mean right, James, Prince you Philip. could say that and then Jamie could have done his thing. Everyone's sure. happy. Yeah. Okay. Prince Philip it is then. Wins the oh sorry, the, the death of Prince Philip. Um, the, wins yeah, the, the most normal Christmas island came event. three times. <laughs> <laughs> God bless it us, out. everyone. It's very nearly the season. Get your poppies out now, troops. Yeah, yeah. everyone start thinking about the Crystal Maze theme music. So, final category. We've... We've passed through the James barrier now that they're disrupting the fucking podcast. <laughs> you know it's been a long like recording when that starts to happen. I just, I just like Crystal Maze. Anyway, sorry, David, carry on. Final category. Funniest event of last year. Honourable mentions go to... Yes, honourable mentions for the funniest event of last year go to the Fold Inquiry still being a thing people go on about. Being charged in the US. And I think we people, know where this is going. <laughs> and people still being mad about Keith. Yes. <laughs> this is in the sense of people calling Keir Starmer Keith, not people still being mad about the existence of Keir Starmer, a.k.a. Keith. People being mad about, like, it's Keith is funny, <laughs> but we haven't had to, like, excise a roughly four hours so far of podcast content because people like because Rob wouldn't stop talking about that <laughs> so I think I'm gonna have to give it to like the well, fucking you're not. The... those were the honourable mentions ah oh. well <laughs> uh, that's disappointing that like no no it's not specifically an honourable mention so we don't have to excise four hours of podcast content yeah you think so... 12 seconds later <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there we go. <laughs> it's the last day of school we're allowed to bring in nonce jokes. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear us try and do the fucking sign off tonight, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Alright, come on. I love you, David. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> You regret nothing. <laughs> Come on, we can do it. Okay. We can make our way so, through this. So, nominees are Geronimo the Alpaca. <laughs> yep. The entire mayoral campaign of Brian Rose. Mm. Either the one that drank his own pool. piss. Yes. 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 <laughs> the Hartlepool by election. Yep. And the Blue Tick International Brigade. What, the ones who are wanting to go into yeah, Afghanistan? Yeah, specifically all the ones yes. who wanted to go back and just said, we can sort this shit out ourselves without those Americans in tow. So, Geronimo the Alpaca is a really strong contender from that list, frankly. Yeah. Yes. But it's also quite recent. And the recent stuff is the stuff you find funniest, I find. I mean, I mean I've mean, i got to say, the Hartlepool by-election was extremely funny because of all the fucking cope from the worst people on Earth. 
Yeah. Which was highly entertaining. And a special shout out to Sin and Stream uh, after that by election because it was possibly the most incredible stream I've ever seen. Yeah. That oh, was that like was old school day. posting in like the good days of Corbyn when like everybody yeah, would just it was yeah. like it was like being back in the good old days. <laughs> like as as someone who was like working quite hard during that election and didn't get to take it all in, I still found myself fucking dying at Kiyostama throwing a <laughs> landlord out of his own pub. Yeah. Like, that's the highlight for me personally. <laughs> to be fair, if the Labour leader evicted more landlords, he'd probably be a lot more popular. Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> Dr. Milf Hunter as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, well. <laughs> Oh my god, there's so many things. I'm, I'm, it's going to take a lot to dissuade me from party poor, I've got to say. Yeah, Dr. Yeah. Milf Hunter, who personally closed the hospital. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to say, like, I think the Blue Tick International Brigade is objectively funny, but it's not as side-splittingly hilarious as the other three. Yes. So I think yeah. we can probably, like, respectfully salute them as oh, they're awarded into the ground. Are we coming to consensus on this final award? Is that what you're trying to do here? I think we might actually mm. have something approximating consensus. Okay, Brian Rose, tell me why Brian Rose was the best mayor of London never had. Because he drinks his own piss and he dresses like the penguin. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see? Did you did you ever see the fucking his fucking YouTube channel? It is London honestly real. Yeah, it's fucking banger great. after banger. Yeah, it's incredible. This man yes. can break dance. It, it fucking rules. Better or worse than Paul Mason's YouTube channel that he apparently has. Uh, uh, it's more better. entertaining to watch. Do either of them? Do either of them introduce their videos in that like stereotypical YouTube guy style? You know, like "What's up, YouTube? It's your boy Tarantula." Dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what's his face? Uh, Paul Mason just introduces it with "Imagine the Nazis had a time machine." <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the the funny thing is though that Paul Mason has never been instructed on how to jack off by uh, a, a Chinese masturbation expert. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but Brian Rose especially has. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's pretty good, isn't it? Wonderful stuff. Well, I mean, he had to go and get a specialist because where else was he going to learn the empty palm style? Oh, <laughs> Look, I'm still ahead on the last one. I'm fine. Carry yeah. on. Yeah, he managed to get 31,000 votes, which sounds impressive, but obviously remember, it's London, and he also got like half as many votes as fucking Lawrence Fox, which is funny in itself. Yeah. Is he, as is it, is he half as divorced as Lawrence Fox? He's hmm. pretty divorced. No, he's, he's, he, he's, he's divorced in spirit. He's very divorced yeah. in spirit, but like, no, um, as opposed to Lawrence Fox, who is incredibly divorced in both spirit and body. Also, he's another guy who sells uh, secrets of business success, uh, and a lot of people are very angry at him for the shitty lessons he gave. I mean, yeah. those those things where it's like, oh, buy my book, it teaches you the secrets of like being rich. It's like that fucking like anecdote about the fucking the, <laughs> the, 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 the dinner with Jay Z thing. <laughs> no, I was going to say that like thing about is it about like someone in the Soviet Union or something where he like like the guy takes over like a fucking government position. And the the pre the incumbent like leaving incumbent tells him, oh, when you get in trouble, there's two letters in the desk open like one at a time, and the first one says like blame everything on me, and then the second one says sit down and write two letters. <laughs> I imagine that's like what it's like with the business advice, like sit down and write a book on how to how to get business, how to give business advice. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's like that fucking, it's like that like that enormous fucking bell end that like walks around like trying to troll people on Twitter. 
But like, I'm a landlord and I'm proud of it. Like, look, I hear oh, that guy. Me, like, yeah. fucking... Fuck that cunt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like him, he's like almost like fucking. He didn't. Someone kill themselves after getting his like advice yes. on how to become a yes, landlord. He did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a wank. Um, he is like, but yeah. <laughs> Brian Rose. Um, Brian Rose is very much a type of guy for 2021. Yes. He, he's yeah. very endemic of what types of guy are now, um, which I think is why he's he's probably one of the funniest things out because he's he's just and he's, our, just and he's our candidate for London Mayor. <laughs> no, our candidate for London Mayor, as you know, was Tony Blair. Uh, oh, <laughs> That's yeah. true. Big tone, back at last. It's a player for mail. All right, so what do we think? Does Brian Rose make the cut over Geronimo or Hartlepool? Sure. Uh, oh, he does, does he? I, do, I definitely, definitely not uh, against Hartlepool. It's hard. I think it's Hartlepool or Geronimo. I think that's where I'm I at. think it's Geronimo. I think everything to do with that was so stupid and British and exceedingly funny. I'm going to have to go with, you know, back to what my deepest desire truly is, which is the destruction of the Labour Party. So I can only really say it was Hartlepool. <laughs> in deep in your heart, you knew it to be true. Yes. Okay, so Rob's Rob's going with Geronimo. David's going with Hartlepool. What are you going with, Alistair? Hartlepool's got to be. I mean, because it was honestly a riotous, like what three days, and like the yeah, allegations that's true. That's true. that came out, um, which I don't think we are still not allowed to say on the podcast. <laughs> uh, highly, highly amusing when, it, especially as it was all happening live. See, I, I, I would say Harleypool, except the other by-election, wherever it was, like fascism on Trent or whatever. That one was funnier <laughs> because of fucking like Galloway, like steaming about the place in cat ears, like with like dual pistols. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm know, changing it, my it, mind. It's, I'm changing my vote to Archipel. I'm, I'm good. Uh, you've convinced me. Yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, Labour's performance in Hartlepool is objectively the funniest thing this year, I think. So, yeah, all right, let's go all with right. that. Okay, there you have it then. The funniest event of last year was the Hartlepool by-election. This is the minus 20% to your polling award. <laughs> the funniest event. All right, we're going to finish up the episode now. But before we do that, some announcements. First off, we are on holiday from next week for two weeks. However, we do have plenty of content for you in the meantime. We will have on the Patreon feed a Black Thoughts episode released on Tuesday the 14th. On Thursday the 16th, we will have an interview with Nick Bano about corporate landlordism. On Tuesday the 21st, the release of Black Thoughts on the free feed. And on Thursday the 23rd, special bonus episode with Lehman Rose from Well There's Your Problem. Patreon.com forward slash PraxisCast if you want to sign up and listen to that. We also have the announcement of semi-regular Twitch streaming now. We're a fucking content empire, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think me and Jamie are going to try and stick to Mondays at 7.30pm BST and then GMT whenever that stops. Yeah. Um... And then possibly another day in the week, depending on how we're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. That one may continue over the break from actual podcasting. So just keep an eye on that. Subscribe um, twitch.tv forward slash praxiscast. Yeah. And we should be back in the last week of September, I think. Or first week of October. I can't remember. When did we say yes. we would be back? 
You won't notice, though, because there will be content there for you. That's true. Yeah, so it's a mystery why we even brought it up to begin with. Because <laughs> I was told to. Because there were no, because we're not doing formal episodes for a couple of weeks, and people like to know these things about us. Did they? Anyway, bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again, t-shirts are being neglected. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. I can't eat not t-shirts. <laughs> Episode end. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>